0: Hi everyone, welcome again to my leadership podcast on Wilsonliling.com Today we are really privileged to have Pastor Gordon with us again, and I think it's wonderful to have someone of his stature, experience uh, to be with us. Pastor Gordon was the founding pastor and senior pastor of C3 in Bridgman Downs, a mega church that's got multi-site today, and he's actually handed it on to his successor too. So and, and Gordon has had experience in C3 in the National and global levels of leadership but today we're not going to talk so much about leadership today we want to talk about balancing ministry and personal life because obviously in your many different roles you you I'm sure have had a very busy life Mm. Uh, and just to help us understand Pastor Gordon has four children who are all grown up uh, 14 grandchildren And one great grandchild, and one on the way.
1: Just recently, we found out. (laughs) Yes,
0: it's ripening. So, uh, can you can you describe for us how it was being having so many, uh, I guess, leadership background and so forth, and you probably had a very busy life as a minister. Uh, What were some of the challenges in handling, you know, balancing ministry and your personal life?
1: Well, I think what you said is correct, Wilson. It was a journey mm-hmm. and we didn't always get it right to begin with. Right. We were brought up in a culture that was pretty much full on for God. Mm. Um, so as a young minister, you know, I was only in my early 20s. I had two children yeah. at the time. This is back in New Zealand. This is back in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I just went, I went to Asia for eight weeks. Could you just give a slight context? How, how old, roughly, were you then? Uh, I would be 24, 25. Right, yeah. went with uh, one of my pastors, an older pastor, and we would tour preaching. Um, so you went to Asia, India, was it? Or we went were India, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, Indonesia, oh. all over where we had invitations. Because our church then was very missional, um, which was awesome. So hey i'm sold out for god right i'm going the bible says going all the world so i went but then what happened was i had one child then two and then i had a third child and i went for six weeks and on one of those trips um, i was in india and one of my child one of my child girl one of my little girls nearly died Ooh. but my wife couldn't ring me there were no cell phones there was no you know there was no way to get me and
0: so you you didn't even know. I, until I didn't you even got know home, she something. got really
1: sick, wow. and had to go to hospital. And you know, friends and family were awesome. Um, but when I got home, that feeling that I had, I just felt in myself, this ain't right. Mm. So I'm on the other side of the world, but this is my f- first responsibility right here, and I'm not I'm not there.
0: Yeah.
1: So my wife and I talked about it, and we started to make uh, uh, a alterations to the way we did things right so we didn't drop going i just went for two weeks or three weeks yes and then of course with that came better telephone and internet and everything and and as the time grew um so balancing it's a real thing Mm. Uh, and i think we've got to get our priorities right when it comes to family and personal life yes and somehow that gets murky everyone agrees god's first yes but when it comes to family and church and work, it sometimes gets sort of confused. And yes. I, so then we've got to look at it from a leadership point of view, even as an experienced senior pastor, am I doing too much? Have we got too much happening at the church and people, people are expected to be at too much? Mm. So out of that learning, we began to develop strategies in our church, stuff like do one thing. Right. So if you're running a small group and you're a business person, just run the small group. Don't be on the band and the door and, you know, and following up people. If, if, if you work a full-time professional job, yes. right, do one thing in the church and yep. do it well. Yep. So we, we came to that, but that was part of that journey, you know. Right. right. And, we, and as I said, we probably didn't get it right all the time. But as we grew older, I then worked my ministry around my family. Yes. so when we did our calendar for the year my wife and i would sit down first and write down our holidays we were going to go as a family when we were going to do a little romantic holiday That's you know we nice. put that all first this is on the church calendar you must always remember
0: that to help your pastor
1: <laughs> and then the conferences and the meetings and the special thing went on mm, mm. so we got there but we yeah. weren't there to begin with we were more responding but when we got proactive and realized no no our family comes first we haven't got a marriage and a family yes well then
0: everything falls apart you know and, and unfortunately we've seen this around the world now where some of these mega pastors had problems within their family and their ministry yes, fell
1: apart yes mm-hmm. and and you know the, the, the there's two sides to that too yes. there, there's the side where um no family's perfect yes but somehow leaders are put on a pedestal and the moment it's discovered one of their children is, say, a bit wayward, mm. one set of rules apply now to the pastor, yes. right? But another set of rules to the business people, or other people in the church. Mm. And I think, so one side of that kind of argument if you want to call it that is we need to allow pastors and leaders and their families to be normal yeah, and that yeah. it's not a straight line they're not going to have it all perfect yeah on the other hand then there's this balance that if we don't put family first and mm. we're not looking after our marriages mm. um and, and, and you, it's, you, you it's you not sh- going to bode well and, Is and it? you
0: said with me that you did have some challenges within your own family, too, right? Yeah, At point yeah. Uh, How did you and Joe cope with it? How, how did you
1: handle it? Um, well, we've had a couple of children that have, um, well, especially in the teenage years, that didn't want to go to church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There were various reasons for that. Yes. Um, so I allowed them to make that choice. Mm. And what I did was I didn't preach at them. I didn't make it an issue, yeah. But I, but you know, every night I go into their room when they weren't at home, and I'd lay down on their bed and I'd pray, and mm. I'd speak into their atmosphere, you know, and I'd pray for them, you know. Amen. And gradually they all came around and those, the the the, the one boy in particular, he's now planting a church. You know, <laughs> it's great to see. Um, and then later on in life too, um, some of our kids. Um, you know, their personal life didn't end up the way I would have wanted it to. Yeah. But I got to a point where I thought, well, no, wait a minute, I'm not going to be their pastor. Yeah. I'm going to be dad and I'm going to love them and I'm going to give them unconditional love. And then other people rallied around, other pastors, other leaders. And you know, so far so good. Prescott. It turns out, and I guarantee we're going to have some things with our grandchildren. Um, all of them have been brought up in church Mm. three out of the four of our of our grandchildren families if I can call them that are all pastors kids (laughs) so that's another vibe yes Um, and over the years we've had uh, well-meaning members and people have a comment to make about our children that they're not quite up to scratch as pastors kids yeah um but again it's um as a parent just you take your leader hat off and as a parent you go no no I'm not going to accept this everyone's on a journey no family's perfect we're doing our best yes but the worst thing you can do with a teenager or even an adult that's going through trouble is become um legalistic or you're going to change them Mm, And mm. I've just found that if they don't want to change, man, it ain't going to happen. You know, we need God to touch them, don't we? We need. So it's wisdom and how to really handle that, you know.
0: You know, I, I, I do agree with you because when someone is growing up, a child growing up, a teenager especially, or when someone's going through a tough time, that's enough to deal with just in their normal lives without additional expectations because of that's their right.
1: parents. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because
0: of who the parents are or what they've been yeah, doing, yeah. To, to put that weight upon them. And I, yeah. I think we, we need to help our churches be understanding of this, not, not to put that, on not, not just the pastors, but even life group leaders or, or
1: any yeah. form of leadership. And that comes down to programming. It can be that practical, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we don't allow any Saturday church events except for events like um young family groups mm. and they'll meet and have their meetings say on a saturday morning in the park or in a home but it's only for the morning yeah you know what i mean yeah. why because our church in particular has been and still is today quite a Heavily represented by professionals. yeah. So they're working, what, 60 to 90 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So then we do, you know, every morning prayer meeting and we do Saturday outreach and then we do Sunday. Well, now you, th- their family life's going to struggle. Yes. So we're quite big on that. Mm. Um, prayer meetings, um, we combined all our little prayer meetings into one church prayer meeting a month. Mm and we got the biggest turnout. They're always well supported, they're fantastic. We just go once a month, we're gonna have a prayer meeting. Yeah. But then each department can have meetings on the night or the time that they have an event. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're taking the stress off families. So I think it's both, you know, how do you, how do you manage this, ministry and leadership and family. I think you've got to be strategic as a family, but I think as a church, we've got to be strategic as well and not overload the people. Yes. So we've got to know what our church is about, you know, and mm. recognise that and expecting wives with young children to be at all the meetings. Mm. We've got to get over that, Yeah. you know, uh, yeah. timing of meetings. Yes, appropriate. Um, I, I like the word you use, strategic. Could
0: you elaborate that a little bit more, you know, in a practic- practically uh, for someone who is serving God and wanting to be passionate in the way they serve God, how do they work through this thing strategically? I mean, what, what are some guiding principles between, you know, balancing ministry and their personal life? What would be some of the some um, principles?
1: I think it's just that being practical and recognizing the stage you're at in your life, for example, mm-hmm. Okay. When we were young, I talked before a bit about some of our issues learning. But once we got that happening, we worked it out. For example, don't go on an eight-week preaching tour. Yes. Believe God for more money and do three tours in an 18-month period for two weeks. Yes, you I know so I'm yeah. trying to say. Right. Um, the other thing was, well, Joe, my wife, why don't you stay home on Sunday nights? hmm Because we've got little wee children, we've got little wee nippers, you know, so they've got to go to school tomorrow. So how about on Sunday night, you stay home, put the family to bed Mm -hmm. at this season, and I'll go to church and support the meetings. And, well, I have to, I'm a pastor. (laughs) Um, The early morning prayer meeting, say you're going to have a three-day prayer and fasting. Um, Well, honey, it's probably not a good idea for you to fast. A whole fast you know why don't you so we'd talk especially if she's feeding the the, the baby she's feeding the baby and she's running around doing everything and now we're not being strategic you yes. see what i'm trying to say yes. um and then the older you get your kids grow up and now they're teenagers then you have to think strategically About no sunday sport oh. but wait a minute you've you've got this kid who's a champion runner or football player what you're going to cut him out now Mm. Of that for the church mm. I, I, somehow I, I, I don't know whether that's strategic thinking. yeah some people might think it's godly, but I think it's ze- zealotism. I think it's being a zealot rather than strategic. So okay, so thinking strategically, how can we be in church as a family mm-hmm. but at the same time support our daughter or son in their athletics, for example? Yes. And we've found families say, well, look, while the football season's on, we'll all go to church as a family on Sunday night. Yeah. And we'll we'll all go together as a family to the sport on the Sunday. When the football season finishes, we're going to go to church on the Sunday morning as a family. Because yeah. it's a season. Yeah. And I think that's what people forget as parents. Mm. They seem to think it's forever. And then, then eventually the kids go and then it changes again yeah so there's something to be sorted out and, yeah and, and it's
0: balance and, it? and you shared with me the story that your uh, I think it was Jeremy who was uh, very much into the uh, what was it now AFL or something and he was having his championship and so forth and, and you went for his event yes right uh, but but you, you did sit down with your family and talk through uh, how, how you guys were going to navigate through this sort of Sunday activities that your son had.
1: Yes, yeah, sure. we, we used to have family meetings. Mm. Um, some of them turned out disastrous, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but we used to have family meetings, we called them that. Uh, so what we used to do, we learnt this in New Zealand, was a wonderful idea. Mm. Wednesday night, no we had small groups and I think it was Monday night. Monday night was family night. Mm. That meant no telephone calls, no meetings, it was just my wife and I and our kids. Mm. And we'd have a meal together, Joe would cook something special or a special cake or something. We'd play a game, um, we'd do debates, we would, um, you know, I'd set the, it was probably my teaching background, I'd set the kids up for debates and all that, you know what I mean. So the older they grew, they still wanted the family nights. Mm -hmm. So it was once a week when they were little, when they went to uni and that, it was once a month, once a fortnight, and then when they left home, all of our kids when they left home and got married all have family nights. It's amazing, isn't it? Then what they wanted was to have family gatherings on the same idea for all the grandchildren to get together. So we do Easter, Christmas, and major birthdays. So if it's just like, you know, Your your fifteenth birthday, no, but if it's if it's the birth of a child or it's their eighteenth birthday or they graduate, we'd do a special event, Mm, mm -hmm. and that brings the family together. Yeah, and and I think it's finding that you know that um, and discussing things. So when they got older, we would discuss stuff like that.
0: And I I think that's powerful because going back, I I think sometimes some families are worried that if they just compromise or supposedly compromise it would it would uh unsettle the child's thinking but because you were talking it through they understood the reasoning i guess yes and, and how as a family how were you still going to honor
1: god I, I would imagine that's some of the things that would be in the conversation yeah and and it brings the child into the discussion because you're remembering too we're not talking about an eight-year-old mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's by the time they're getting, you know, that critical age, 11, 12, 13? Yes. Why do we go to church? Okay, let's yeah. talk
0: about it. Yeah.
1: So on our family night, we'd do a bit of a discussion on it without getting too religious mm, yeah. and talk about the importance of church and why we do church and how we're committed as a family to church. Mm. So then later when it came to these sporting things, mm. It was like okay let's work this out as a family yeah we're committed to church we do church as a family yeah right we're christians we're bible believers but for this season one of our child or well in our case it was all four of them actually they were all all our children were good at sport right and so especially the rugby and basketball and netball season which ran in the middle of the year it became a bit of a juggle you know so i utilized other parents too so mm-hmm. when i was a pastor i couldn't you know a lot of games started at 10 o'clock yeah 10 yep. so i got other parents to take my job which meant i had to go early and drop them off and then i'd go to church and preach and yep. do the whole thing yep. and then get down for the second half but you know the truth was in those years joe and i really missed a game or a championship and we just juggled was yep. it hard yes we were running as parents, to, to, but I'll tell you what, I think it reaped a benefit. None of our children grew up not liking church, you know, mm. with attitude. Mm. They could see we kept the fun and we tried to keep a balance. Yeah. Whereas I've seen parents issue edicts, and you issue an edict to a 15-year-old, I reckon you've got a problem. Yes. Right there, the right? The Bible
0: says, do not <laughs> exasperate your children. Yeah, it is, so it's, it's so
1: important, you know.
0: I mean, my, my wife was the one that did all the running around with my children, yes. most of it, yep. but uh, we always make sure I never miss the significant events, That's right. any graduations, yes. any performances. I didn't go for the
1: practices, my wife would
0: do the running, yeah, exactly. but I would go for the performances, yeah. you know, all those.
1: Joe and I events. worked on the, back. we have got this thing like you, one of us would be there. Mm-hmm. I, I rearranged flights, everything. Yeah. Often I'd be... In a conference, say in Perth or Melbourne or overseas, and my my one of my children had a big event happening. Yeah. Um, with everything within me, I would try to rearrange my schedule, even if it meant I was probably a bit tired by the time it all happened. Yes. But I realised again it was a season. I think that's that strategic thinking. Yeah. So if you think I'm trapped, this is going to be the end of our family my young kid doesn't want to come to church anymore, you know, I've, I've, ado- I've given birth to Satan. <laughs> you know, wow. this kid's got the devil in it. Yeah, we talk like that, it's just, gonna, yeah, it's, tough, it, it? it's just gonna go nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm. I think Parenting to me is, I love the way you picked me up on that. Because I was unaware totally of the, my language, but being strategic as a family, yes. and really thinking this stuff through, and so you've got a faith that's vibrant and committed, but it's not fanaticism. It's mm. not, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. It's not yes. over the top. Yes.
0: You know, and talking about that, I mean, I know that their parents, they have concerns for their children and especially when some of their children seems to go off track. You know, yes. and, and it, it, of course, we, we all will feel tremendous
1: pain and, and, and yes. I guess
0: uncertainty when that happens. So How, how did you cope with it? Uh, through such challenges?
1: What you've got to do as a parent, this would be my number one advice, Mm. is I gave the first part of it earlier. I said, as a leader, as a pastor, don't be their pastor, be their mum or their dad. Yeah, that's the first part of it. The second part of it is find connection points with your child. What do you mean by that? Okay, so my two boys, for example, they Kiwi kids, yes, grown up with rugby. They love rugby. Yeah. Okay. Not so keen on church, <laughs> love rugby. All right. Okay. So have a guess what I did as a dad. I was at every rugby game. I got involved with the coaches and ran water and helped with the team. Yeah. So what does it mean? Got to drive there, you got to drive back yeah right. and so what I'm saying is you're finding a connection point mm. all right and so okay church at the moment is maybe not the big connection point and if I, I talk about church it could get a bit tense you know cause teenagers yeah so wait a minute what about rugby mm. way they go they're happy to talk to me and I'm in there and then sooner or later a question comes up about faith about god and you're there you've yeah. got a connection point yeah and and i think too you just got to pray your kids through all of us do you i, yes. I think we've got to fight for our families spiritually without anyone seeing yeah and it wouldn't be a week that would go by with my kids probably even a day i couldn't just it was just like a regular habit if they were out i would go into their room walk around their room without them there praying in tongues, laying hands on their pillow, speaking over their lives, blessing and favor, you know, mm, mm. boy, they would have gone. They would have been mad at me if they found out I was doing it at the time. But I never told anyone. I just, you know, Jesus said what you pray in secret, you'll be rewarded and openly. And you know mm. what we saw rewards and it's not perfect, but our family are together. We love each other mm, mm. and um, you know done life together in church and yeah. in ministry and in family and I think I think that's that's a big it's, thing it's and you so know powerful. another thing I reckon yeah what's keep that? laughing
0: have a sense of humor you've
1: got to have a sense you know that the trouble with religion it goes <laughs> serious and I reckon to win children mm. and even have a good marriage yeah you got to have fun. Yes.
0: You've got to enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Mm.
1: And I just think today we live in an environment where young people and children are being bombarded with um, the world's going to end in 2050. We're going to run out of water. We're going to run out of food. Yeah. And they're saying depression and young children and young people yes. is just on the increase. Yes. Well, you know, I just think. One of the greatest gifts you can give your children is a sense of humour. Yeah, Watch a funny movie. Just just a fun, have some fun. Go and do something funny. Yeah, And so we would do that on our holidays. You know, I remember I was in my 50s or mid-40s and we were on a holiday and a circus came to town. Uh-huh. We said, let's go to the circus. And I'm going, oh, you know. And we got on the Gravitron. Have you ever been on a Gravitron? Gravitron. not sure whether it is. A gravitron. It's a circular thing that spins. Oh yeah. And you get oh, okay. you get thrown up against the wall. So all the family get in and we start going and I'm in it. And I start to get heart palpitations. Oh my goodness. And I'm up against it and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have a heart attack, man. And they're all out, and we get out and I go, Oh man, I'm not feeling good, you know, and then one of my sons who's got a wicked sense of humour, he says, Dad, don't die on us, you know, and all this, and all the family's laughing. What <laughs> I'm saying is, it turned into a whole fun situation. Mm. Um, you know, I think some families let's pray together, let's do a Bible study. Well, how you do that? Mm. Does it have to be around the table, kneeling, and all that, and it's intense? Yeah. There might be a moment for that. Yeah. But how do you create an environment in your home where it's actual fun to be yeah. part of? It? Yeah. So
0: Gordon, one last question for
1: us. Uh, we talk about family,
0: but how about your, yourself personally? How do you balance ministry and having enough time for yourself, your mental health, you know, physical health, things like that? How,
1: how do you...? Well, that's better? a good question, Wilson. Mm. Um, you know, I was brought up in the era when I came to the Lord, You know, um, I'd rather burn out than rust out. And, yes. um, I'm going to die in the saddle. And it's like, oh, there's something wrong with that philosophy. Mm. Um, but I'll tell you who helped me. My medical doctor helped me. Right. He really helped me. And you know he helped me? Uh-huh. When I turned 40, I was healthy. Yes. All through my first 40 years. Never been to hospital. Wow. Never broke a bone. Oh, you know, I had illnesses or sickness or whatever, but I was healthy, you know, fit. I remember I visited him because I had, I had a bronchial thing or whatever. And he treated me and gave me some antibody he said this to me gordon you're now 40. i want to see you every year for an annual checkup right and I'm like, okay so i started doing it yeah so every year i'd go in bloods and the whole thing and and you know what i reckon that has helped me how is that well in my 40s i had a few health issues mm-hmm. with um i think it was just maybe not eating and drinking the right things, right. too much sugar, too much yeast, and on my system got inflamed. And one day I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Wow! In your 40s? In my 40s, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. So I went to him and he did all the tests and everything. He said, no, no, you're not having a heart attack. He said, oh, I think your body's out of sync somehow. And I thought, oh man, what will I do? And he says, well, maybe you could see a nutritionist or something. Anyway, it was only weeks later, I was talking to a friend of mine Um, We were having dinner with them and the wife is a nurse and she said, oh, um, I know a doctor that does this. Why don't you go see him? So I went and saw him. You know what, he fixed me just by changing the diet and I come right. Um, But, you know, having those annual checkups every year, they were able to trace a family history of heightened cholesterol. And they have brought it completely under control. Mm. And, you know, um, I went. To, he sent me to a specialist. There's a long story around it, but yes. I went to a specialist. The specialist said, you know, Gordon, if you hadn't come to see me, he said, I'd be doing open heart surgery on you at wow. 70. If not, then you'd be dead. Wow. He said, that's how critical this is. And it was just that annual checkup, going to the doctor yes. every year yes. and keeping on top of your health. So then what that did for me, I realised in my 40s I needed to uh, keep fit Mm -hmm. and I'd played rugby and basketball and everything on my youth but now the older you get your bones and that so I took up uh, cycling. Yes
0: and and you told me you cycle on average a hundred kilometres a week, about a week.
1: If I can do a hundred kilometres a week I'm really happy if I do more. That's a bonus, but I find, you know, with weather, different times of the year, but that's what I do. Mm. And I'm 70, and I'm still biking, and I watch my health, and so that's the outside. And, you know, I I believe this, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So it says glorify God in your body. So how Mm. do you do that? Yeah. Well, I just can't see that if I neglect my body, that how that's going to bring glory to God. Yes. And I believe in modern living, curveballs are reality. In other words, we don't know tomorrow, do we? You don't it's, know it a disease come a bit faster than, than I know, used and to. it seems to. a eh? So why don't we just do what we can do on the outside, look after our temple? Then I think we've got to look after two things: mm-hmm. this, our heart, yeah, and this, yeah. And I. I I can't give that responsibility to my pastor, to my wife, to anybody. I've got to own it myself. Mm -hmm. What do I mean? Let's talk about our heart. Two of the biggest killers in the church would be lack of repentance. Mm -hmm. We keep sinning and doing the wrong thing. And we don't own it and say, God, I turn from that sin and I'm going to live for you. And the second one. Is forgiveness? Okay. Yes. Oh, the number of Christians I've met over the last fifty years, and you'd be the same, yeah. Wilson, as a pastor. Oh, they hurt me. They hurt me. It's like, get over it. Mm. You're killing yourself. Yes. Yeah. I just, I'm really strong on this. So people go, oh yeah, but you're a pastor. What a, you know? It's easy for you, really i have had significant hurts and disappointments in the 50 years that i've followed the lord but i've, I've determined i'm going to repent when i do wrong and i'm going to forgive i'm going to forgive and you just keep sweet in here yes right instead of getting all uptight and all bitter and i think that's how you keep alive. and then this we've got to keep reading we've got to keep studying and thinking and doing things, and man, I've learned this since I've retired. And positive things. Yes! Mm. Hobbies. Yes. I'll finish yeah. with this idea. Okay. You know what I call it? Summed up, you know, I'm great on maxims.
0: Yes.
1: Get a life. <laughs> <laughs> Do something! You know, you know like play winks, paint, <laughs> ride a bike, yes. hike, uh, buy a boat, buy a kayak. I don't know. Do gardening even. But the number of Christians mm-hmm. and the number of leaders I meet around the world, and they do nothing. They do pray, church, problems, mm. and, and I think that holistic view, Yes. what a great question. It's a big subject, but my temple, my body, I'm going to keep it to the glory of God to the best of my ability. Yes. Um, my heart, I'm going to keep it pure by repenting and forgiving. Yes. And I'm going to keep some really positive ideas up here. Yeah. And yep. I think that's reading um, the right friends. Yes. I always ask this who makes you laugh? Mm. Everyone. You need a friend that'll make you laugh. Okay. Right. Yes. Because if you if you just all, everyone's all serious around you, mm. and 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 you know and and then, do you have some friends, other friends maybe, who challenge you? Like every time they speak, it's like, oh man. And they don't mean it, they're not, they're just talking. But yeah. inside you're like, oh, they are so good for you. But what happens is we can retract and we go to a comfort level and we, we begin to, um, what's the word, lower, our fellowship expectation. Yeah. but what happens is we're not exposed to some big ideas. Mm. And you, you know the idea, yes, or the concept, a big idea in a little head is a dangerous thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've got to keep growing, right? Yes. In our thinking, yeah. read some great books. Like I say to people, "Have you read how to Win Friends and Influence People?" And they say, "Oh, it's not a Bible study." Yeah, but you're doing Bible study. Read something else, maybe a good novel. Yeah, um, and you've got to watch what you read, and of you've got course. to watch it. Oh, I get all of that, but within that, there's so much out there that you mm. can keep your mind active. Yeah, and I think you'll last, and then you'll live a healthy life. You then you'll be more balanced, right? Yes. So the ministry isn't everything, mm. and then people said to me when I retired, "What are you going to do when you retire?" Um, and and what? You'll have nothing. Well, here's my point. If all I've got is the church and preaching, and that's my life, mm. yeah, I've got a problem. Yeah. We, we've got to have a rich life, right? The church is central, right? It's in there. But I've got to have hobbies, I've got to have a great marriage, have family, friends. Um, in
0: fact, I think if we do church well, we incorporate that into the life of the church yeah, as well. Yeah, yes, exactly. to a
1: place where you have fun, uh, yeah. and, and you know all yeah. those of things, and and not just be um, serious. I mean, even fitness people. Have you seen yeah. people that are, are neurotic and and uptight about fitness? Yes. You know, and you see them walking, you know, and they're nearly passing out. I go, he's going to have a heart attack, but he's he's doing fitness. And then you see another person, and they're running along. And they're smiling, you know, and they're listening to something and you go, well, wow, he's going to live a long life. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for all your insights. It's been yeah. wonderful talking to you and sharing all your different things you've experienced. Thank you once again.
1: No, thank you, yeah. Wilson and everyone watching. It's been an absolute privilege and um, love sharing with you. Okay, well, God bless you guys.
0: We trust you've been blessed by the word today. Do visit www.wilsonlyling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.lyling.